asking you to write a, uh, an article on cortisol. Yes. And in the exercise and sports science field, there seems to be um, a lot of odd positions taken on cortisol. Too much is bad. It might make you fat, yada, yada, yada. So the question is this. What should your, in terms of cortisol levels in your blood, morning, midday, and night, what is the normal pattern? And are there ways to make it better? Um, I know it's a broad question, but tackle that. A broad kind of lady, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with cortisol, yeah, like we, so we had talked about this idea that cortisol kind of gets a bad reputation because people think like, oh, cortisol is a stress hormone. If I release cortisol, I'm super stressed, which is just absolutely not true, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's an essential hormone in your body. If you didn't need it, you wouldn't have it. Right. And so you and I, we love taking evolutionary perspectives. Right. So with this idea that humans have been around for 300,000 years, <laughs> cortisol has been doing what it needs to do. And humans and other animals, specifically in humans, are about 300,000 years. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do incorrectly. Right. It, the only time that we really need to worry about cortisol is when we you know, live in modern times and there's some evolutionary mismatches where we have a lot of people around us. People tend to be really psychologically stressful. So, you know, the, that can interfere a little bit with cortisol, but for the most part, it's not really a hormone that you need to worry too much about. If, you know, there's some sort of silly research out there that hasn't been public, replicated that, you know, if you like stand in a certain position, you can change your cortisol levels, but that's sort of silly. It's, 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 it's homeostatically regulated. For the most part, it's doing what it needs to do. Cortisol levels go up when they need to go up, when you need energy. They go down um, through negative feedback loops. Cortisol levels don't stay high, even if they go up a little bit when there's not dysregulation. And as far as that, you would tell me something the other day that wasn't wasn't quite accurate um, from somebody else. Everything you say is accurate. Of so. course. <laughs> well, let me ask you that. Okay, no, no, I, I know. Just so the audience can follow the story. So for people who exercise, right? They get up in the morning and is there a way to, and I hate the word optimize because people in our fit, in our field use it a lot. Is there a way to optimize cortisol levels based on what you do in the morning, midday or afternoon, or it's fine. You know, there's only so much you could do um, to, I guess, optimize it. Yeah. The, re the reality is biology is boring, right? The biology, the way it exists, there's not really a lot of super sexy things that you can do cortisol levels are high in the morning and they're supposed to be high in the morning because waking up is stressful <laughs> you need a lot of energy to do all these sort of morning things so before you even wake up you get that cortisol peak cortisol levels in the morning and you should cortisol levels for everybody should be high in the morning and that's cortisol awakening response is actually a measure that we take to see, for example, people who are depressed don't necessarily have a cortisol awakening response. People who have circadian misalignment don't have a cortisol awakening response. So for all of us, we do want cortisol levels to be high in the morning. And then as the day goes on, those levels should reach their nadir levels like towards the end of the day. But most hormone systems in our body follow this kind of like circadian rhythmicity, right? And the timing of when hormones are released and why they're released really just depends on the needs of that particular organism. So for example, in rats, they have corticosterone. So their cortisol levels are highest during their nighttime, which is our daytime. So hormones and different, you know, different hormones that are released in our body are high at the times of the day when we need them to be high because of the needs of us as a specific species. 
So does it matter? Sorry, Tony, I'm I'm like hogging this conversation. I don't blame you. <laughs> does it matter? Does it matter though if you work out in the morning or the evening vis-a-vis cortisol? Not really, because we, as we've shown in our own research, is that cortisol doesn't really move that much when we exercise. Um, again, cortisol is tightly and homostatically regulated. When we bring people into my lab, the, we get the biggest cortisol responses from giving people psychological stress, right? So cortisol ah. is very sensitive to psychological evaluation and social evaluation. It's not as responsive to physical stress. So epinephrine is much more responsive to physical stress. So for example, you and I, you know, we did say we ran people on treadmill, max heart rate, <laughs> And we didn't, we didn't really move cortisol. It kind of stayed the same. If, if anything, they came in with a little bit higher cortisol because they were anticipating the stress of being in a new environment, but epinephrine will go up. So cortisol with exercise, I wouldn't worry too much about how your cortisol levels are changing with physical exercise. And, and then uh, Dr. J, what is, what's the half-life? I mean, obviously the catecholamines are shorter, right? Assuming that we are being, to your point, uh, it's more toward the evening and you're feeling that psychological evaluation, if you will. Um, now, would, is that surge potentially comparable first to what we would have released in the morning in our regular circadian rhythm? And if it were to be somewhat comparable, then how long is the hormone staying around? Is, is that contingent upon how long we might feel that psychological stress is an example, or it, what's the, the time we can expect it to be around and have an impact under those circumstances? Yeah, that's that's an excellent question, Tony. So because when, when we have a fight or flight response, we know, we know epinephrine comes really fast because our yeah. heart rate starts beating fast and our pupils dilate and we get red in the face. Cortisol is a little bit of a different monster. When we, when we do bring people in the lab and we give them psychological stress, it takes, you know, it really don't, we don't really even see cortisol levels rising for about 10 minutes, right? Because it's got, you have a, you know, CRH from the hypothalamus, ACTH from the pituitary, and then it's got a governing cortisol release. And, you know, peak levels, you know, about 30 minutes after the stressor is really when we see those peak levels. But luckily, just like most hormone systems in your body, there's a very, you know, exquisite and sensitive negative feedback loop. So, you know, about an hour after that, the cortisol will start to bind to different areas of, you know, it will bind to the hypothalamus, it'll bind to the pituitary, but most importantly for us, one of the areas of the brain responsible for shutting down cortisol, for doing that negative feedback is the hippocampus. So hippocampus is an area of your brain that's really important for like learning and memory and, and getting, retrieving those memories. So that's why sometimes if you feel like you know, really overwhelmingly stressed. Someone could be like, Tony, what's your middle name? And you're like, I don't remember. I'm so stressed <laughs> because you're the part of your brain that you need to get those memories is, is like, I'm dealing with cortisol right now. <laughs> yep. But it, it, it will. And, and most of us, even when we feel stressed, cortisol does what it's supposed to do. And, it, it, and that negative feedback regulation kicks in and it's going to stop the further release of Cortisol, we, you know, it's people who get into trouble with this or people who, you know, really, when we look at people who have depression, for example, we don't see that normal circadian rhythmicity and we don't see like normal cortisol responses, but, and most of us that don't have, you know, psychological pathology, it's doing what it needs to do. <laughs> okay. Got it. Interesting.